came back and spoke to the servant girl on duty there and brought Peter in. Now, let me just actually uh, give a bit of a uh, uh, scenario here. So the, uh, when, when the, the Bible said that these other deci- uh, disciples, according to the, uh, um, all the story and everything, that was John. All right? so, so somehow John actually knew the high priest. And then, and then uh, when Jesus was on trial, obviously not anyone, not anyone from public can actually enter the trial. So only certain people. So, so kind of like John say, hey, you know, to, to the, the person that he knew, you know, can you, can you let us in? Can you let us in? By the way, I've got my, a friend of mine as well, uh, Peter, can you let us in? So that's the, that's the scenario, all right? And then, and then the, uh, apparently then, you know, somebody say, yep, yep, you can, you can get in. So the, this servant girl, this servant girl is actually opening the door for Peter and John to get in. All right, so that's the scenario. Now, let me continue. Uh, so this servant girl say, you aren't one of this man's disciple too, are you? She asked Peter. Which he replied, I'm not. It was cold and the servants and the officials stood around a fire they had made to keep warm. Peter also was standing with them, warming himself. Now, the next verse, which is verse 19 to 23, they are actually happening at the same time, but at a different place. Now, so, so just imagine, so this is the conversation between Peter and the servant girl here, and this is where the other instant is. And this is actually where Jesus was in trial, so inside the building. Meanwhile, the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. I have spoken openly to the world, Jesus replied. I always taught, it, uh, I always taught in synagogues uh, or at the temples where all the Jews came get, uh, together. I said nothing in secret. Why question me? Uh, ask those who heard me. Surely they know what I said. When Jesus said this, one of the officials nearby slapped him in the face. Is this the way you answer the high priest? He demanded. If I say something wrong, Jesus replied, testify as to what, I, uh, what is wrong. But if I spoke the truth, why did you strike me? Then Anna sent him bound to Caiaphas, uh, the high priest. Okay, so that's, that's happening here. Now we are go back to this. Back to Peter. Meanwhile, Simon Peter was still standing there warming himself. So they asked him, you aren't one of his disciples too, are you? He denied it, saying, I'm not. One of the high priest's servant, a relative of the man whose either Peter, uh, Peter had cut off, challenged him, didn't I see you with him in the garden? Again, Peter denied it, and at that moment, a rooster began to crow. All right. So, um, as, as I mentioned, so there, there are two, um, two scenarios happening at the same time. So one is actually the one that, uh, with Peter. The other one is actually when, when Jesus was on trial. I'm going to actually concentrate the one actually with, with Peter. All right. So not so much actually the theological bit, but stretching more into a practical thing. Now, for, for those of you who's been actually a Christian for a long time, you probably actually grew up in Sunday school and everything, you probably already heard this story so many times. 
You know, Peter denied Jesus three times. Uh, the the, uh, the, the, rooster, uh, the rooster at your crow. And then, and then, you know, and then if you keep on reading John, in John 21, Jesus reinstates uh, Peter by asking, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Which he answered, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And then feed my sheep. All right. So, so you know, you know the story. But, but, but let's actually have, uh, have a closer look at the question that was asked to Peter and how he responded. Now, the first one, which is on verse, uh, which is, uh, on verse 17, a servant girl, which is the one that's opening the door, a servant girl on duty asked Peter, you aren't one of this man's disciples too, are you? And then Peter replied, I'm not. Now, this is the situation though. So Peter was very keen to get in. He, he wants to know, okay, my, my Lord has been captured. What's going to happen with him? I really want to know. I really want to know. I, I, I can't miss all this trial because, you know, I want to hear what they're saying. He was trying to get in quick. And then, and then uh, while he was trying to get in, and then this servant girl who just actually opened the door and said, hey, hang on, I think I know you. You're, you're one of the disciples, right? And then, and then again, imagine this, uh, this scenario. He, he was just trying to brush off this uh, servant girl. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Let me in, let me in. I'm not. Who is this person? You know, just a servant girl. And then, and then of course, the expectation is that you're just brushing off. And then, you know, that's it. That's the end of the story. I will not ask this question again. So I can actually go on with, with my business. And then the second question. On verse 25, servants with us, servants and officials ask, you aren't one of, the, of his disciples too, are you? Same question. This time, Peter didn't, the Bible say, Peter didn't reply, but he denied. Peter denied, and then if you look at it in the book of, uh, of Matthew, it say Peter denied with an oath. No, I'm not. Now again, the first one, just a servant girl, is a very young girl. He just brushed off. But this time, it's becoming more intense. It's not just one person. It's servants and officials. Suddenly, he was actually in a situation where he was asked the same thing by a number of people. You're one of the disciples, right? Now it's gonna getting a bit harder for him to actually to deny. Now it's just like you're saying no to one person. Now we are talking about a number of people. That's why he put some stress here. It's no longer just reply, no, no, I'm not. But he say he deny with an oath. Um, again, I'm imagining probably say, I swear I'm not. He denied with an oath. Now look at the third question. On the verse 27, one of the high priest servants, now again, we are talking about, this one is actually a higher level of servants. High priest servants. One of the high priest servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off. So now the third person is, is not just an ordinary person. 
He's actually probably the relative of the person that Peter just cut off on the earlier. So this, this person asks, and then, and then the Bible say, uh, a relative of the man whose ear Peter cut off challenged Peter. So it's no longer ask. It's no longer question. He challenged Peter. And then what did he say? Didn't I see you in the garden? And then Peter denied. And again, if you look at in the, bet, uh, in the book of Matthew and Mark, and began to call down curses and swore to them. Now this time, it's Peter actually in a very, very hard place. I saw you in the garden. You cut off my relative ear. I saw you there. And then again, to protect himself, Peter start actually cursing, not just actually an oath, it's cursing and swore to them. Again, I mean, what are you talking about? I wasn't there. I'm not the person that you're talking about. Who is this Jesus? I don't know him. Now, let's, let's pause this story for a second. Let me relate to our everyday life. You probably think that, hang on, I didn't actually deny Jesus like that. Let me, let me tell you a story back a few years ago. When I was actually still a high, um, uh, in high school in, uh, in Jakarta, I've got a good friend that I quite often actually uh, visit him. And um, I, I visit him quite often, and I knew the, the whole family. So I knew the mom, I knew the dad, I knew the sisters, I even knew the mate. Right, so so, so I, I go there quite often. And then um, it, it was about midday, so I, I arrived at, at his place. And then the, uh, the mom actually greeted me. Hey, William. Hey, hey Tante, you know, in Indo. Um, hey, William. Uh, and, then, and then she asked, have you eaten? You know, uh, if you really actually think the, uh, the, the question about have you eaten or have you had lunch or dinner or breakfast or whatever, that's a very common question by Asian. When you go to your, your good friend, well, probably your relative or good friend or people that you know, you know, instead of in, in Western culture, you ask, you know, how's the weather? But in, in, in the Asian culture, they always ask, have you eaten? Right? It's a cultural thing. Okay, and then, guess what, what would be the cultural answer is? Of course you say, yes, I have. Even though you haven't, right? Of course you say, yes, I have. Because you don't want to say no, and then they will need to actually provide you food, right? You're trying to be politely correct. You're trying to be culturally correct. That's the expected cultural answer to say no if somebody say, have you eaten? Now, of course at that time I haven't eaten. And then of course I said, yes, I have eaten. Now, again, just like Peter, I was expecting this, this question and answer, just a, just a greeting type of question, you know, and I'm trying to brush it off. Yeah, of course, I, uh, I've eaten, and now I was expecting that he, she goes with her own business, and then I can play with my friend. But instead of stopping there, she kept on asking. 
what did you have for lunch? <laughs> and then this is when, 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 um, so it was, when, when she asked, have you eaten? That was my, my, uh, let, let, let me put it this way, an intentional lie. Say, yes, I have eaten. But when she started asking, what did you have for lunch? It's no longer an intentional lie because I have to think now. <laughs> what did I have? Which I haven't eaten. And then, I don't know, I just say, fried chicken. And then this time, it took me probably two seconds to actually start thinking about the answer. And then again, it's becoming a conversation. And as she start asking, who cooked the fried chicken? And then, and then, and then lie and lie, I just start building just because I said I have eaten. And I say, come on, ask you, know, who, who, uh, you know, who cooked the chicken, uh, the, the chicken, who do you usually have, what do you typically your lunch, you know, who usually actually prepare for your lunch, those kind of things. A very, very small thing, wrong answer, becoming a snowball effect. Becoming actually going down the, the, the rabbit hole. Now let me actually go back to Peter. I don't believe Peter always have the intention to actually deny Jesus. This is the guy that if you read in, in, in John uh, chapter 13 say that, Hey Jesus, where are you going? I will lay my life down for you. This is the guy in the previous chapter when Jesus was about to be captured. He drew his sword and cut off the ears of the, uh, of the soldier. This is the guy that actually protecting Jesus. But when, when a servant girl actually asked, do you know this? He was just trying to brush off the question. He was trying to get in. There was never actually a, like, a, um, like um, an intention to lie, an intention to actually deny Jesus. But look at the impact. Question over question over question. He can't just say lie and suddenly say that, oh, yes, sorry, I was wrong. No, I'm actually disciples. So lie actually built from a small thing, getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, this is the thing. How about us? Do we undermine certain sin in our life? Or do we undermine certain lie in our life, thinking that they're nothing? Ah, yeah, that's a small thing. I'm just trying to brush off. You know, it's a lie to your teacher or to your friends, you know, an, an okay thing. Is it a culturally accepted lie? And then, and then we, we start actually having in our hearts say that, oh, there are certain lie or certain sin that is okay by God. Really? Was there ever in the Bible they say small sin, big sin? Was there ever? Was there ever in the Bible that say white lie? Gray lie, purple lie, or black lie. In fact, the Bible say in um, in Luke chapter sixteen to verse ten, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much, and whoever is 
dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So are we are we actually do we have this this small sin category in our heart? Or probably if I go to, to course, you know, there is a bubble gum there that I like. Oh, there is no camera. One dollar. One dollar. You know, they make one million, right, per year. One dollar is nothing. <laughs> Was there ever actually in the, at school when you're doing an exam, oh, geez, my next door friend, he just actually as if like showing the answer. Is that a small sin? Was there ever actually a question that was asked to you that you just say, that's okay to lie? Was there ever okay to say, look, oh, yeah, red light, just trying to actually pass through the red light, going to church. It's more important for God to be on time on the church (laughs) rather than abiding a traffic light. Small sin. Small lie. Have you ever heard the, um, the term um, boiling frog? So, uh, so there is a term, this boiling frog, where if you have a, a frying pan, okay, if you have a frying pan, and then inside that frying pan, there is a boiling water. All right? So let's say there is a frog jumping around, jumping around, jumping around, and then and then he jump into the uh, into this frying pan with boiling water. Do you know what his reaction would be? It would jump out. Right? Said, "Ooh, very hot! Jump out!" Right? Now, if the frying pan only consists of cool water, a frog jump in. Jump in. Ooh, it's cool. Nice here. Let me just let you stay here for a second. And then it stays there. And then you turn on the, the, the fire of the frying pan. Just slow. Just a bit. And then slowly, slowly, the water getting warmer and warmer. But the frog will actually stay there. Ooh, it's getting a bit warm here. But hey, it's okay. I can, I can tolerate it. Hey, yeah. Eventually, the frog will die without even actually knowing the dangers around. Because of what? He adapt himself with the situation. Now, let me, let, me, uh, let me put it this way. Same thing with sin. When small sin comes to your life, you know, that, that bubble gum on the cold shelf, One time, oh, yeah, that's okay. The next day, yeah, that's okay. The next day, probably two bubble gums instead of one. That's okay. And then suddenly, you're adapting your life with this simple sin that no one actually knew. And then it becomes a habit. And then it becomes a character's. And then it becomes a lifestyle. By the time you knew it, your life in a full life of sin. Just because it starts with a simple one bubble gum on the shelf. 
You see, the devil never, never actually trick you to do big sin right away. You know that you, 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 don't, you don't sleep and then get a dream say that, oh, I have to rob a bank tomorrow. Or I have to steal a car tomorrow. It starts with small things. It starts with, hmm, yesterday bubble gum tastes good. No one captured it. Let's try uh, two tomorrow. It starts with small things. You know, I, I remember the, the, the story in the, in the Bible when, when Jesus was actually tempted by the devil. When he was actually about to start his ministry. When he was actually just finishing the, uh, the 40, day, uh, 40 days fast. You know, when, when the devil actually tempted Jesus... Remember what's the first one? Hey, Jesus, there are a lot of rocks there. Can you turn the, the rocks into bread? Simple thing. And then it, 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 it actually getting more intense. Oh, the second one would be, hey, Jesus, you know, uh, the, um, can you jump out yourself from the top of the, uh, of the temple here? And then the, the, uh, I'm sure the angel will actually, uh, you know, capture, make sure that you, you wouldn't fall down. And the third one would be, hey, Jesus, can you please bow down before me? I'll give you the whole world. But it's all start with just a simple thing. Can you, you know, there are a lot of rocks there. Just uh, turn them into, into bread. You're just fasting, right? It always starts with a simple thing. It always starts with a small thing. So what would be a small thing in your life that you need to shake off? What would be the small lie or, or, or what would be things that, that, that you, you already actually getting adapted to thinking that God will actually okay with this? You know, what time is it? Okay. Um, so, what, what, so if we knew about the, this problem, so if we knew so, uh, that there is an issue in our life, how do we overcome this? How do we, how do we change our automatic response? Say that, no, I don't know the Christ or, or you know, I, I have eaten my lunch. Or how do we change? Because, I, because all this response comes just, just like that, right? You don't, even to, you don't have to think to lie. How do we change this? Now, the Bible says, which is not surprising. The only way is actually to attach yourself to Christ. Now you probably start asking, how? Let's, let's read Romans 12 verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So basically this verse is talking about changing the way we're thinking. Changing our mind, be renewed. Our mind is actually renewed. So when, when, when things happen, our automatic response is no longer using our old mind, but our renewed mind. Now, I'm going to actually um, uh, ask you to actually uh, look at the uh, Romans 12 verse 2, the same, uh, the same verse, but this is from the, uh, from the message. All right, this is from the message. Now it reads like this. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture. Remember that? 
I said about culturally accepted response when, when you were asked, have you eaten? That you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God, you will be changed from inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down, like I said, going to, uh, down the rabbit hole, to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develop well-informed maturity in you. So this is the answer. And how do we change the way we respond, this automatic false response, is by attaching ourselves to God, asking God, renew my mind, transform with my mind, so I have a new mind. So next time when somebody asks me about something, my automatic response is no longer from my old self, but it's from our new self that has got a renewed mind. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone in Christ, the new creation has come. The old one has gone. The new one is here. That's how you change your automatic response. Now let me actually close with this. Uh, I've got... All right. You know that uh, when, when we read the, um, uh, the, uh, the chapter before, uh, go back to the uh, John 18, 15 to 27. I'm going to read. Remember that I said there are two scenarios. One is Peter's scenario. The other one is Jesus in trial. All right. Let's go back to that scenario, Jesus in trial. Now I'm going to read from, uh, from verse 19 to 23 again. Meanwhile, the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and and his teaching. I have spoken openly to the world, Jesus replied. I also taught in a synagogue or at the temple where all the Jews came together. I said nothing in secret. Why question me? Ask those who heard me. Surely they know what I said. When Jesus said this, one of the officials near, uh, nearby slapped him in the face. Is this the way you answer the high priest? He demanded. If I say something wrong, Jesus replied, testify as to what is wrong. But if I spoke the truth, why did you strike me? Then Anna sent him bound to, to, to Caliphas, the high priest. Let me tell you, there was one person that was not actually influenced by the culture around him. His name is Jesus. Now, at the same time, at the same time, Jesus was questioned by the high priest as well, but he did not tell a lie. In fact, he challenged the question. He challenged the, the soldiers. He challenged the high priest, said that, I challenge you, if I said something wrong, tell me. When? Where? Give me the evidence. Who, who can testify that I said something wrong? At the same time, one person being asked three times, he denied three times. 
one person at the same time being questioned. He's the one that challenging the questioner. I challenge you. Did I say anything wrong? Which one are we? Are we the one that protecting ourselves? Giving a false automatic response when it was us? Or are we the one, regardless whatever the situation, I will always tell the truth? Which one are you? God bless you.